0: In the U.S., political debates reflect a high standard of living compared to some places. In developing countries like Ghana and Haiti, the most pressing issues address basic survival. Every day, more than one billion people in the world lack access to clean, safe drinking water. And more than two million die each year from waterborne disease. Given the scope of these problems, what solutions could science and technology provide? At the University of Iowa, an innovative class teaches engineering students that sometimes the simplest ideas can address the biggest problems.
1: My name is Craig Just and I've been at the University of Iowa for 17 years. I'm in the Department of Civil and Environmental Engineering in the College of Engineering. The class is open to all students, not just engineers, so we can work on multidisciplinary teams to create devices or solutions or appropriate technologies that might have applications in the developing world. The handheld chlorine generator device came as an idea from my 2006 offering of Design for the Developing World. An alum of our program, John Hayes, came and spoke about his travels around the world with his electrolytic chlorine generator device. And the students were so inspired by the stories he would tell But then our students decided to develop a product that they thought would fit kind of in that same design category.
2: You take some water and some salt, put it in the device, turn a crank, and by electrolysis. It makes a a small amount of chlorine bleach, which is essentially the same chemical that we put in our modern distributed water systems here in the United States.
1: And so the EPA gave us another $75,000 over two years to further develop the product and to test it out in places like Ghana where we're currently working. One of the uh, first impressions you have when you arrive in Ghana, in Accra, the capital city, is the only thing that reminds you of the United States there is a Holiday Inn. It's it's very non-Western, much more so than a lot of other places I've been. I'm reminded again that the world is amazingly diverse. Places in what what we call the developing world are very culturally rich. We had a town meeting there. You meet underneath the shade tree and you start talking. We asked them some questions about what they thought about their current drinking water situation, whether they thought their water was safe, whether they felt they had issues with their drinking water, and then lastly, whether or not they'd be receptive to adding something like bleach to their water so it might be uh, safer for their children. That meeting went very well, but you know, it's just like anything else. We uh, now have to build upon that. I'm fully convinced that technology is only part of the components needed to create sustainability. The village of Cabrini already has that. They're not experiencing economic woes. They don't have this whole shutdown in, you know, kind of their normal activities. So, in many ways, you might consider them to be even more sustainable than we are in our
2: supposedly developed country. I think the technology for water purification is proven. It's a matter of how to implement them in a cost-effective manner, how to implement them in a socially relevant and appropriate manner. And all these things are what I think is really the challenge for engineers and where Engineers Without Borders is really stepping up and trying to develop that body of knowledge.
0: It's technology, it's also training, it's also education, it's also getting the people in the village to be involved in that project for this project to be successful.
1: The device itself is pretty simple to assemble by Western standards, but the robustness of the device kind of remains to be seen. Other hurdles are, you know, how do you get enough of the devices out there to meet the real demand? So one of the things we want to be able to do is to try to find either a manufacturer or distributor, someone that can take this and then actually design it for manufacturing and then actually deliver it in country uh, in a means that would make it so, you know, not hundreds of people in the village of Cabridi could benefit, but, you know, tens of thousands of people could potentially benefit.
2: I'm really happy that, um, you know, I've been, been able to have all of these experiences, um, especially with university in an academic setting. You know, I've also made a lot of friends um, in a lot of different places in the world. I've been blessed to interact with some
1: of the most influential and uh, inspired students uh, that I think have ever gone through the University of Iowa. I don't like to kind of predetermine the endpoints on a lot of these projects. I like to have that student energy bring that as much as possible. And uh, so I've learned so many things about the world from our students.